So, you know, I, just the power of the Holy Spirit that what he's showing us there is there, there's more. There's more to being a Christian than what I, I believe every one of us in this room has experienced for long hauls in our life. I, I remember before I got born again, you know, just thinking many a morning and a night laying in bed, there's got to be more to life than what I'm experiencing. And there was, and I gave my heart to Jesus, and, you know, I, I start going along in life, and I thought there's got to be more to this than what I'm experiencing, even after being born again. And you say, how do you say that? Well, I, I looked at how people in the Bible, they walked in victory, and I wasn't walking in victory. And so as I got uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, there began to become big changes in me. I mean, just big, 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 big changes. And I can say this this morning, that my life became a walking testament, not only because of giving Jesus my heart, but I believe that when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I would have never walked in victory in the area of alcohol without the Holy Spirit. There's no doubt in my life. And so I thank God that he came in and empowered me and helped me. And to this day, when I get around people that knew me, grew up with me, went to school with me before I was born again, they repeatedly ask me the same questions. What happened to you? What happened to you? How are you doing the things that you're doing? They all know I'm a pastor now. And then this is, this is the big one. This is one they ask every time. Are you still married to Shelly? You know why? Because I thought there ain't no way that rat will still be doing that. And then the last one they asked, so you don't drink anymore. You don't drink anymore at all. And I always tell them, no, Jesus is enough. It's all I need. And so many times they'll respond, truly there is a God. Truly there's a God. Now, I don't say this to brag on me. All I did was receive Jesus, and I chose to receive the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, because he began to work incredibly in my life. And I believe here, this is why we're talking about this right now. Look in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I want to show you just a little insight. I'm trying to really, really give you some biblical principles today, but also that the Holy Spirit will show you some things. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 1. Apostle Paul speaking, and he said, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellent speech of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. Now, when he writes that, I get a chuckle out of that because if you've come to church here long enough, I'm sure I've uh, dumbfounded you some, some of you with my excellence of speech. And so, uh, it is what it is. I realize the Holy Spirit can use any of us if we'll allow him to. He goes on to say, For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and much trembling, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Now, that word demonstration there means to describe an action or a truth, to validate it. And he said right there that the Holy Spirit would show up and, and bring a power to us that we haven't had. And so this is part of the reason I'm reading this, because when you study the Apostle Paul's life, he had a lot of baggage. He said about himself, I'm the chief sinner. But still, God moved through this man, where he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He goes on to say, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, 
but in the power of God. And if we're not careful, even within the church, we start looking at the doctrines of men, the wisdom of men instead of the word of God. Now to skip a little bit and for time's sake, look with me in verse number 9. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed him to us through his spirit. Now, this is where I begin to see God has more for every one of us. And I've thought that, God, you have more. And if you'll notice right there, he says this, that God has more for each one of us, but it's only revealed how? Through the Holy Spirit. It's, it's not revealed by preaching the word and it's not revealed by how well we sing and it's not well by, or, or revealed by how well we play church, but it's revealed by the Holy Spirit. Now, as I read this, I begin to think, there's some things that I would like to see it happen in my life. And so for that to happen or take place, I must get a hold of what Paul's saying here, that it's revealed by his spirit. For the spirit searches all the things. Yes, the deep things. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him. Now he's telling us right here, Really, the only one that knows your inner thoughts besides Father God is you. Now, I can look at some of you right now, and I don't have a clue what some of you are thinking about. Only you know that. Some of you are thinking about what you're going to eat after we get out of here. But you begin to see it right here. He's telling us. This is the, the thought that only I really know what I'm thinking. Look at his point here. He goes on to say, even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. So he's telling us here, God has chosen to make himself known in Jesus Christ and through the Holy Spirit. Now you want to know what God's thinking? You got to get a hold of the Holy Spirit. That's the only way. You can't figure out God with your natural mind. And he goes on to talk about this. He says now in verse 12, now, we have received the not, not of the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God that we might know the things or comprehend the things that have been freely given us to, by God. Now, once again, he tells us the only way you're going to know this is through the Holy Spirit. Once again, when I look at that, you know what it tells me? There's got to be more. There's got to be more. And there's the Holy Spirit's job is to bring that. Verse 13. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. So he tells us the Holy Spirit's going to bring clarity. He's going to bring wisdom that you can't get from man's teaching. You can't get from school. You know, I went to Bible school, and that was a great thing. It give, gave me a foundational principle of the Scriptures, a basis but only the things of God, the deep things of God, are revealed by the Holy Spirit. Now, maybe this interests you. Maybe it doesn't. I want to know the heart of God. I want to know the things that he has for me. And so he gives us insight. This is the only way. Verse 14. But the natural man does not receive the things of God or the things of the Spirit of God, 
for they are foolishness to him. They are meaningless to him. Actually, it says one translation, they are nonsense to man. Now, before I got born again, I thought the things of God were crazy. I looked and thought, those are a bunch bunch of religious fuddy-duddies. They don't have a clue in life. This is what he's talking about. Now, when you study the Bible, it will reveal three different types of man. You are one of these. The first one is the natural man. The natural man could care less about the things of God. He could care less about the scriptures. That's the natural man. The spiritual man is a man that is beginning to grow spiritually or to be spiritually mature. You know why? He leans to the truth. He looks to the truth. He lives to the truth. The last one is what the Bible would describe as a carnal man. You know what a carnal man is? It's a man that's given his heart to Jesus, but he lives in childish ways. In other words, he's never grown up spiritually. He, he would rather listen to the opinions of man than the Word of God. I believe in our churches there's a lot, a lot of believers that way, that are what the Bible describes as carnal. So what can we do? Well, keep reading here. He said, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that we may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Now I believe the mind of Christ is revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. He's going to come on the inside and begin to help us, begin to instruct us. Remember in John 16, Jesus said about the Holy Spirit, not only to be the helper, but he said this also, that he will lead you and guide you into the truth. I believe this is why we're talking about some of this. Now, one thing I need to do here before we really get going this morning is I can stand here this morning and say, over the years, I've done my best to preach the word soundly, to give you a lot of scriptures, to give you a good doctrinal foundation. Where I have messed up, where I have failed as a pastor, though, is not teaching you more about the Holy Spirit. I realize that more and more and more and more. And so in a roundabout way, the Lord has said this to my heart this week. He said, because of your lack of teaching the people of God on the Holy Spirit, you have really set some of them up to fail. And you know how that is? The letter kills. See, I can give you the word over and over and over and over, but it's only the Spirit that gives life. So I've given you only half of what you need, and it really bothers me. For this view that James said that many of you, you don't want to become teachers You know why? Because you're going to be held at a stricter judgment. Now, you know why that bothers me? It's because it's just not what I teach, but it's also what I fail to teach. And so, man, I'm telling you guys, the Lord is, in a good way, has corrected this me this week. And I apologize. I stand for, I'm going to tell you, I've known the things that the Holy Spirit has done in my own life. Tell you guys, I wouldn't walk in victory over alcohol if it wasn't for the power of the Holy Spirit. And so this is what I believe that God's wanting to breathe on us here today. That we understand the significance of the Holy Spirit. Now, go with me to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. And this morning here, we're going to talk about the different baptisms. Now, I encourage you, get you a pen and write a lot of these scriptures. Because I'm telling you guys, you're going to get... 
a bunch, a bunch of scripture. I'm going to start moving and we're going to keep going through them all. Now here, when you begin to look at the Bible, there's three baptisms. Now you're going to see them all this morning. I just want to highlight them. The first one is the baptism into salvation. That's when you get born again. The second is the baptism into water baptism. That's significant of when Jesus died and he was rose. So when we get water baptized, it's like that old man's dead. We've come up and we've been sealed with Jesus. And the third one is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which brings what? Power. How do you know that? Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll receive power. That's Acts 1.8. Now, we're here in Acts chapter 10. Let's look at some things here. And you're going to see over and over the three baptisms this morning. Verse number 1. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian Regiment. A devout man, a thoroughly good man, and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour today, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have come up. His sacrifices have come up for a memorial before God. Now, I tell you, you want to get God's attention? Become a person that gives and become a person that prays. You can see what happens right here. So this angel appears to him. Pastor, do you believe angels still show up and visit people like that or visit people in visions? I do. There's many of you in here. He operates that way to this. Day. There ain't nothing wrong with that. And so in this passage here, this angel shows up and he tells this guy named uh, Cornelius, who's an Italian. That means he's a Gentile. He said, Send a Joppa for this guy named Peter, and he'll tell you what you need to know, what you need to hear. Look in that same chapter, verse 33. This is Cornelius here, and he said, So I sent to you immediately to Peter, and you have done well to come. Now, therefore, we are all present before God to hear all the things commanded you by God. So Cornelius says, I know God's commanded you. You've got to teach them to us. Let's hear it. Now, look at verse number 36. And this is the first point that you're going to see the three baptisms here. Verse 36. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That's salvation. The only way you're ever going to be saved is to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior in your heart. Verse number 37. That word you know which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and beginning from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. If you've studied the scripture at all, you know that John preached the baptism of water. Water baptism. That's the second one. Look at verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. There's the third one. Now, how many of you understand that when Jesus was here on earth, he operated under the anointing of the Holy Spirit and power? Just like us. Now, let's read a little farther because this is really going to give you some key insight here. Verse number 43. To him, all the prophets witness that through his name, the name of Jesus... Whoever believes, that's John 3, 16, in him will receive remission of sins. So what is he talking about there first? 
The baptism of salvation, getting born again. That's the first one. Now look what he jumps to in verse 44, because he didn't end just with that. There's still more. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. All these Italians. And look what happens in verse 45. And those of the circumcision, the Jews, who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift, and I highlight gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Now think about this just a second. The same way that you give your heart to Jesus is the same way you get filled with the Holy Spirit. How do you give your heart to Jesus? You ask him to come in. Luke eleven thirteen. it says to the Lord Jesus, it says, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? If you've been born again, you have rights to the Holy Spirit. I'll tell you that right now. Every one of us in this room. And so they get filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, the next verse I want you to see, how did the Jews know they got filled with the Holy Spirit? Did their eyes become real bright? Did their ears turn red? What happened? Well, look at verse 46. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Wow. Right there, guys, is, is the biblical one evidence of the way that you get filled with the Holy Spirit. You'll speak with other tongues and magnify God. Now, this shouldn't be a shock to us. This shouldn't even be controversial to us. Every time you read in there, you find out, even in Acts 2, verses 1 through 4, what happened? They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Also, in Mark 16, when Jesus himself gave us the Great Commission, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. We don't have a problem with preaching the gospel. We realize that's got to take place. The next thing he said, these signs shall follow those who believe in my name. You'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Actually, in the first service, we laid hands on a bunch of them. We anointed with them oil. We believe that around here. But you know, in Mark 16, 17, it says, according to the signs that will follow those believers, they'll speak with other tongues. They'll speak with other tongues. This shouldn't be a shock to us, guys. But we've made it that way. Now, I want you to see here something very interesting happens in verse 47. Peter's saying, can anyone forbid water? Refuse or does anyone have objection that these should be baptized who receive the Holy Spirit just as we have? Now, you know what Peter's saying? These Italians got born again. They got filled with the Holy Spirit. And he said, do any of you object that we go ahead and baptize them in water? As I read that, many times you've heard this. All the Holy Spirit you're ever going to get or you'll need is when you get saved. Well, if that's the case, why did he keep saying it more and more? That once they got born again, they got filled with the Holy Spirit. Once you get water baptized, you'll get filled with the Holy Spirit. But in this situation, they got filled with the Holy Spirit before they ever got water baptized. Do you see that? I don't believe God was against any of that. The only prerequisite that you'll ever find to being water baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit is you must be born again. You must give your heart to Jesus first. 
Now, this is going to blow some of your theological minds this morning. But if you got water baptized before you were born again, all you got was wet. There was no spiritual significance in that. Why? If you haven't given your heart, if you'll look over and over in the Bible, you'll see they got born again, then they were water baptized. One of the reasons I'm telling you that is here in a couple Wednesday nights, we're going to baptize. We're going to open up the pool back here and we're going to dunk you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now listen, if you were baptized at a young age just because your mama thought you needed to or they thought it was cute, I welcome you when you begin to understand the scriptures, the significance of it, get baptized in water. Go ahead and come and get baptized. We welcome that. I don't care how old you are. And here's a question that arises on stuff when you teach about this. Pastor, do you believe people can go to heaven without being filled with the Holy Spirit? I do. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever gets filled with the Holy Spirit will have eternal life. It's not what he said. He said, whosoever shall believeth in him. Salvation is off of believing in Jesus. Do you believe people can go to heaven without being water baptized? I do. I really do. And you know why I can say that? Now, here's, here's your great biblical illustration. Remember when Jesus was on the cross dying? Who was next to him? These two thieves. That one received Jesus as Lord. Remember what Jesus said to him? This day you'll be with me in paradise. Do you think that guy was water baptized? No. He didn't say, time out, Jesus. Let me run down here and get water baptized before they kill me. See, right there, this is just biblical evidence. And so this morning, you're going to have to move with me. I'm going to have you all over the scriptures. Go with me to 1 Corinthians 12, because I want you this morning to see clearly when you leave here, you're going to understand the three baptisms today. And I believe this is going to answer questions to some of you. Some of you may have thought, man, I don't understand this. Well, today you're going to. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. For as the body is one, but has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. So really, every one of us are the members. What's the one body? Jesus. Jesus, the only way the Father is through the Son. Look at verse 13. For by one Spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Now, I want you to notice that. Note it real good. For by what? By one Spirit. So right here, who baptized us into Jesus or into salvation? What does it say? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit baptized you into salvation. Now, I believe biblically in John 16, 8, when it says that the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin, when you got born again, the Holy Spirit was at work. He was moving in your life. He was one drawing you. He was drawing your heart. I don't know if, if you remember that. I remember, man, I got nervous when I'd come to church. You know why? The Holy Spirit, had started, he'd start messing with my heart. He'd start tugging at me. You gotta get born again, born. And I remember the day I walked the aisle. My flesh was saying, Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. My heart was saying, You're doing it, you're doing it. Next thing I knew, I was down there receiving Jesus. So, right here, understand this is the first baptism. Do you see the baptism of salvation was the Holy Spirit baptized us into Jesus? You see that? Yes. Okay, good. Move to Matthew chapter 28. I'm gonna give you two passages there, and we're gonna go to both of them Matthew 28, and then we're gonna go to Matthew 3. 
Get this, Matthew 28, verse 19. If I go too fast, you're going to just have to write them down or get the tape. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. Now, what's a disciple? A disciple of Christ. When you get born again, you become a disciple of Christ. But what did he say with them? Baptizing them. Right here, the the baptism is acknowledging your your allegiance to Jesus. It's saying, I'm going to get water baptized to show. Right there, Jesus has sealed me. Now, pay close attention how the baptism of water is ministered right here. Look what he said. Baptizing them in the name of the Father the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know why that's significant? Because it represents all of the Trinity. And you know what it shows? They're totally united. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are totally united. Now, if you were baptized, I've heard people say they were just baptized in the name of the Father. Are you biblical? Not according to that. It said, making the disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. So right here, you see the second baptism, water baptism, right? Now go to Matthew 3. Matthew chapter 3. I don't teach like this very often, guys. I don't like to get in a hurry, but we've got to move. Matthew 3, verse number 11. Listen to this. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance but he who is coming after me this is Jesus talking is mightier than I alright it's John talking I'm sorry whose sandals I'm not worried to carry he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire now remember what we read earlier the Holy Spirit baptized us into Jesus what did it say this right here that Jesus would baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire There's the third baptism right there. This is very important. That This is what Jesus said. And the offer to be baptized into the Holy Spirit is for every one of us. If you're a believer, this is what Jesus wants. Because he knows this is where your power comes from. Now to understand this a little bit better, go back to Acts. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. And in this passage here, you're going to begin to see... The three baptisms again. Now, I believe that being baptized in the Holy Spirit, where the controversy comes, is from the devil. Now think about this. Before you got born again, the devil did everything he could to keep you out of church. You remember that? I mean, he would work. I mean, he would just do everything. He knew, I don't want them to get saved. He will make you plan everything you can to keep you going to church and getting born again. But I believe the devil knows this. That if you do get born again, the only way you're going to walk in victory is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So let's try to create as much controversy as we can within the church about this thing called the Holy Spirit. Let's avoid him. Let's never talk about him. Now, the the devil himself is the author of pride. That's where pride originates. That's why God kicked him out of heaven is because he was arrogant and prideful. And, And my point in saying that is when people say that praying in other tongues is of the devil... Can you imagine how prideful he gets? You know why? Because you're comparing him with the Spirit of God. 
I think he loves it to think, yeah, look at me. Once again, they're, prepared, they're, they're comparing me with God. And so this is, this is where we got to get off this and just begin to be biblical. Understand what the scriptures. Now, we're in Acts 2. Look at verse 37. And this is, this is the apostle Peter talking right here. Now, when they had heard this, he'd been preaching to them. They were cut to heart. They were stung. Actually, that's John 16. I believe they were convicted in their heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, repent. Repent. Repent of your sins. You know what that means? He's telling them you got to get born again. How do you get born again? You ask Jesus to forgive you all your sins. They come into my heart. There's the first thing. Repent and be born again. But I want you to see some, some uh, words here. Then Peter said to them, repent and, and. Notice he didn't stop his thinking here. He said, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. You know what that was? Once you got saved, you need to get water baptized. But he didn't quit there. Look at the next word. And he says, and. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Once again, guys, you see it. The baptisms are all right there over and over again in the New Testament. Actually, you could read in Acts 8. You can read in Acts 19, verses 1 through 6. You'll see the whole thing over and over and over. Who's this for? Just the disciples of that day? No, look what he says in verse 39. For the promise is to you. As a believer, the promise is to you. And who else? To you and your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord God will call. Now, I believe this is the call of the day. That scripture over and over and over says, this is what you got to do. Now, I got one more I got to show you. You got to see this last one. Go with me way back in the New Testament to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. And this is really, really going to bear witness with you. This is going to help you. Once again, Peter's, his, I believe his command to those ones who got born again. For, he said, listen, guys, you've got to get born again. You've got to get water baptized. But listen, you've got to get filled with the Spirit of God. You've got to let the Holy Spirit come on the inside of you and help you and empower you. Now that's, that's some of you's problem right now. You have no power. You have no power. And so you've tried to do the Scriptures out of your ability. You've tried to walk them out. I tried to do that. What I wanted to do, I didn't do. But the things I didn't want to do, that's what I did. You know what? I didn't have no power. This is why the Holy Spirit will come upon And I'm going to tell you guys, think of this about the Holy Spirit. He's a perfect gentleman. You know what that means? He's never going to force himself upon you. He's never going to get you in a headlock and make you do something. Never. He's going to come on. I'm going to tell you, when the Holy Spirit moves within me, it's very sweet usually. Every now and then he has to be real authoritative to me because i got a hard head. Sometimes, I mean, he just, you got to listen. 1 John 5, verse 7. For there are three that bear witness in heaven. Who bears witness in heaven? The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. Who is? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And some of you are saying, but it didn't say the Son. It said the Word. 
That's Jesus. How do you know that? John 1.14 says, The Word became flesh. That was Jesus. What bears witness in heaven? The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. We got to get that, guys. That's it right there. The Trinity, the Godhead. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Now, that's good for future reference. But you know what? As of this morning, I can still see all of you here. So that means we're not in heaven yet. Look what he says in verse number 8. And there are three that bear witness on the earth. The Spirit, the water, and the blood. You know what those three are? The blood represents being born again. The baptism into the Lord Jesus. How's that happen? The remission of sin, His blood. The water and the Spirit. Where's that taking place at? Right here on earth, guys. Nothing's changed. And I see this over and over through the Scripture. And that's where we got to begin to look and say, okay, I see. I see what it says here. Who's this for? Every one of us. Every one of us. Now, if you were here last week in 2 Timothy 1, verses 5, 6, and 7... It's when the Apostle Paul wrote this letter to this young pastor named Timothy. And if you'll remember, he said to Timothy, he said, I saw the genuine faith that was in your grandmother. Remember, his grandmother was Lois. And he said, I saw the genuine faith that was in your mother, Eunice. And he said, I've seen it in you. But the very next verse, he says, you got to stir that back up, that genuine faith. I believe when you read that in the Amplified, he was talking about the Holy Spirit. He said, don't let that fire go out. Don't let those embers go out. Now, this week as I begin to look at that, in the book of Jude, the very last chapter of the Bible before Revelations, it's one or two pages. Jude verse 20, it says, Beloved, building yourself up in your most holy faith. Now look at the word holy. This is what got my attention when he said, building yourself up in your most holy. Think about the word holy. I mean, that's incredible. I believe to a certain degree, he's saying, building yourself up in your most genuine faith. How do I do that? He said, praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, if praying in the Holy Spirit was the same as just praying, why didn't he just say, building yourself up in your most holy faith? Just praying. He specifically says praying in the Holy Spirit. So when I pray in another tongue, my spirit is praying. In in 1 Corinthians 14, it says my mind is unfruitful. It doesn't understand it. But oh my goodness, when I start praying in the Spirit, there's something that happens on the inside of me. What did he tell me would happen? You would build yourself up. Now when Francis Chan used the analogy of the man who literally bench presses a thousand, that dude's built up. That dude, he, he put pipe eye to shine. When we begin to build ourselves up in the Spirit, how did he say we do that? When we pray in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the spirit realm, some of you look like Johnny Atlas. I, I really wonder if, if we could see ourselves in the spirit realm if you couldn't look and say, look at that guy, look at that gal. It's so full of God there. Now, to person to be full of God, you know what that's a result of? Not he had a great mom. 
It's a person who says, I hunger for God. I know there's more than what I'm living. And even in my own life, being filled with the Holy Spirit, if I don't take the time on a daily basis and say, oh, Holy Spirit, I need you. I got to have you today. Just like that pastor Timothy, his faith started dwindling. It's the same with us. So you can be full of the Holy Spirit, but not utilizing him. But what happens when we do? Oh, I'm telling you guys, my prayer comes to life. My walk comes to life. The inside of me, I begin to see things in a totally different way. I can honestly stand before you right now and say, I read that passage in Acts 2 literally hundreds of times. And this week, you know what jumped out of my Bible? Because I sit there and said, Holy Spirit, you got to teach me. you got to show me. The reason I highlighted that passage where he said, be born again and water baptized and filled with the Spirit, I'd never seen that. I've read that over and over and over. But those ands, I looked and I thought, there it is. There it is. So you know what I did? My, I got that orange marker out. I marked those ands because you know what I understood? Yeah, I can be saved. But there's still more than being saved. Water baptized. And there's still more than being water baptized. You know what? That's filled with the Holy Spirit. That's filled with the Holy Spirit. So guess what? We can go through our lives. We can play church. We can sing kumbaya. We can go through the motions. Or we can allow the Holy Spirit to be exactly what I read. Where he comes in and he shows us the deep things. He empowers us because every one of us in this room, I can tell you because of what was read there in verse 9 of 1 Corinthians 2, he's got things for every one of you. How do you know? I hasn't seen nor ear heard the things that God has planned for you. But remember in that passage, the only way I find them out is the Holy Spirit. You can call me a nut. You can call me a flake. You can call me a kook. I don't care. I'm beyond that. I look and I think, I've seen what Jesus has done. When people tell me, you don't pray in tongues anymore, I tell them, it's too late. Too late, Charlie. I already do it. I've seen the results. I've seen the power in my own life. And I'm telling you guys, it's a great gift. It's something that every one of us in here need. Listen today. How many of you are in a situation at work you don't know what to do? You've thrown up your hands. You've pulled your hair. I don't know. I've called every hotline I know. I've called 1-800 up the creek and I'm still messed up. And how many of you in your marriage, you're like, I don't know how to communicate with my wife. She's a woman of a different kind. And how many of you are in your, your years when you've got children at home and you've got teenagers and you're like, I don't know what to do. He said the Holy Spirit will teach you. He'll lead you and guide you into the truth if I'll spend time with him. In every area of my life, stand up with me. Come on.